So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. And welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, here we are. We did it, Jake. We made it to 100. Who would have thunk it when we first started this Woo! out a little over two years ago that uh, we'd still be doing this, going strong at 100 and still loving every minute of it? Not me. I didn't think that shit. I thought we would implode after 12 episodes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was always hopeful we'd make it this far. Oh, and look at us. We're we're all grown up now. <laughs> look at how far we've come. We both still have beards. <laughs> Which we, <laughs> we can't even show the passage of time that way. No. Unless, like getting more facial hair. Unfortunately not. Uh, so question for you here. Did you mess with our intro? Yeah. You did? It seemed, it no, seemed, did it sound really fast? It sounded fast. I, that's why I was like, well, maybe Jake uh, yeah. messed with it a little bit and... and no. Huh. I didn't juice it up. I did not put any extra juice into the intro music. I feel like it just wanted to wrap up because it knew it was our hundredth. It's technology coming alive is what we're encountering. Oh, is is it Skynet finally uh logging on and, and becoming sentient at this point? And was just like <laughs> this, is, this is how the world ends. <laughs> yeah, your bullshit intro is just way too long. We gotta speed this up. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got shit to decimate let's get through this thing that's how that's the world right. ends not with a bang but with a whimper of a sped up podcast song that's right <laughs> well we've got a fun show tonight we're gonna do a, a little bit of retrospective here looking back on some of our top moments through the first 100 episodes but then we're also going to be doing a little dynasty talk um Roster construction, you know, more more philosophizing here, uh, being smart, pulling out our many leather bound books from our our den here, all about fantasy football philosophy. So we There's can philosophize. Be so much mahogany up in this That's bitch, right. you're not going to be able to handle it. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we maybe will have a guest or two pop in, say hi, uh, maybe little 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 chat. So we'll see what happens. We don't know. Anything could happen tonight. Anything. It's the 100th. Uh, <laughs> I don't like how ominous that second anything sounded, by the way. I feel like I need to constantly be looking over my shoulder now. No, I was trying to slip in one of my favorite quotes. Of, it could be anything. It could even be a boat. But I just didn't know how to make that work and flow. So that was the ominous hesitation there. I'm sorry. I ruined it. Gotcha. <laughs> Let this be a lesson. The boat thing doesn't always work. I know, but I want it to because it's such a great quote. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right. So like I said, good show tonight. Before we get into it, um, we should talk about our beer of the week, of course, as we always want wow. to do. We've got this very sexy looking can here. Whoop. Yeah. Whoop. It's called Flash. looking in there. Yeah, it's called Flash. It's a fruited Berliner style ale with raspberries and blackberries from Dedicious Brewing Company out of Newmarket, New Hampshire, East Coaster. It, yeah, this is a rare East Coast beer for us. I don't I don't feel like we do this implicitly. We don't try to have a bias towards or away from the East Coast for beverages. I think they're just not often sold around us. That's right. Especially uh, these smaller breweries. Not in large quantities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Listen to that sound. Have you tried it yet? We we haven't. Yeah, I already opened mine. I was too excited and I, I poured know. it and it well, looks what, amazing. Well, what do you think? All right. I think that remember that we had a zombie beer not too long ago, just a couple of weeks ago. In fact, that was like more of a sour thing. And I thought that packed a lot of a punch. This one doesn't have as much of a punch. It's it's smooth for me. It's real smooth. It's smooth. You? It's smooth. Um, that that kind of puckery mm-hmm. face that I made there. Uh, I wasn't expected to be quite so berry forward there. Like it, it tastes oh, like really? it, it tastes like jam. Like a, like it tastes like raspberry jam in the can. You got li- jam in liquid form. Don't ever say that. <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> I already did. I hate I'm that sorry. guy. He's the worst. You've been jammed. <laughs> it, it, you know, nobody ever wants to hear that they've been jammed, Dustin. Only if it's Lone Star. <laughs> How many stupid fucking jam references are we going to cram in tonight? Uh, probably just the lot. two. Probably just the two. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's fine. Yeah, we we can we can ramp it up. <laughs> uh, so it is the hundredth. Mm-hmm. Now we we've talked about our beverage. Mm-hmm. Every oh hi Troy. Hi Troy. Thanks yeah. for the well wishes. Yes. That is the wellest of wish. Yes. Uh, the happy 100. I can I ask you when did you realize that we were nearing 100 episodes? Like, cause you we, we kind of we don't track it, but our episodes are labeled. Mm-hmm. So was there a point <laughs> where you're like, we just got to fucking 75? That's three quarters of the way there. It yeah, it was probably like around there, like around like the early 80s, where I'm like, oh, we're getting real close here. Like it's only like a couple months until you know we're we're at at the 100. So. Yeah, it was probably about then, in the early 80s, where I was really like, ooh, I think we're going to make it. I think this is going to happen. We're doing it. If if nobody trips us up, mm-hmm. we're going to get there. We're gonna That's do right. It. What about um, you? I Honestly, like 95, I was like, oh, we're really doing this now. <laughs> I, I, I got so excited at 95, I took the day off work, which you know, but I took the mm-hmm. day off work tomorrow because I got so excited that we are encroaching upon our hundredth i know i wanted to make sure i could celebrate yeah that's not a bad call i wish i would have done the same so um before we get into some of some of the fun stuff we have going on tonight i want to talk to you i i, I teased you before we went live that i recently uh-huh. started uh my first auction dynasty league here um on sleeper and the draft just started today so the the thing that has blown my mind so far and tell me if you think this is crazy, because I don't know much about auctions. That's why I wanted to get into one. I've never done it. I always have found the concept super intriguing that you can really go after the guys you want and not have to worry about necessarily getting sniped like you do in a snake draft or, or you have those long waits. Like you can get like all the studs, relatively speaking, you know, you can go after multiple studs, I should say, the top at each position if you really want to. So um, that was why I was always intrigued by it because I've, I've just never done it. It sounds really cool, interesting. So I draft started this morning and mm-hmm. first first player thrown out for um, bid or nomination was Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that's really a big surprise. This is a 12-team super flex tight end premium league. Okay. Uh, our, our, our total budget is $2,000, which the budget is all just relative. You know, it's, it's all based on percentages. If it's everybody has the same amount. Yeah. 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 So it's $2,000. I want you to take a wager and I know you don't do auction drafts either. Take a wager at how much Patrick Mahomes went for. 
Okay, so it's out of 2,000. Yep. So I'm just going to shoot out a percentage because otherwise I feel like an, an a-hole. I, I'm going to say something outrageous, like somebody dropped 50% of their, their budget on it. Not quite 50%. So 1,000, I guess, 1,000 dollars. No, um, they dropped almost 30% of their budget, $597. A lot still. And to me, that seemed like a yeah, lot. But wait, this is or is not Superflex? It is Superflex. Is this? Okay. I Hey, look, it's Patrick freaking Mahomes. How many first round picks would he go for in a traditional league that's not auction where you would just be trying to, you know, get him on your squad? So I get it. I, I understand. Mm hmm. Um, so he went first, the next or the third pick then, uh, cause someone did Jamar chase. And, um, so then Kyler Murray came up next. The same guy spent $456 on Kyler Murray. So in two players, he spent almost half his budget. Oh, <laughs> he's going zero RB, zero WR, zero TE in this auction, it's... but he's getting two of the obvious best quarterbacks. Right. I mean, so that's something I was, it just seems. I'll be really curious to see how their draft. I know up. it just seems it was very shocking for me. Very shocking. Now, in an auction draft, typically, I've only heard strategies. Again, I've not participated either. I've heard people try and, like, throw out real random low-end mm -hmm. players to bump up people, like, out of the gate. People are just excited to bid, and mm -hmm. so they just try and use them to get other people to spend their dollars. Did anything like that happen? No, we're literally on just the fourth player nominated. Like, our draft started at, like, oh. at like noon today, so... Um, Odd picture came out for Mike Davis today on Twitter. You should mm -hmm. nominate him and just watch the dollars go up. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to do that. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and like right now, Deshaun Watson, someone nominated him. Uh, he's going for like $260, which seems steep considering I don't think he's going to play this year. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's been interesting so yeah, far. It's early on, uh, but I'm really excited about how this uh, plays out here. And I can't wait to start actually bidding on players. I haven't bid too much yet. Cause it's like, I know everyone's just anxious and wants to get the top guys. And I feel like there's going to be better value later on that I can really snag up. So um, more to come. You're hanging say. back. You're putting out the vibe at the That's bar right. right now. That's just right. Waiting for your opportunity. Yeah, yep. I get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally Lloyd Christmas at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you bought the suit and everything. It is, it is an auction after all. You should be dressed this, up for well, it. This is true. Um, if, if it was live in person, I probably would. But since it's all via sleeper. No, not so much, unfortunately. And I'm not just gonna wander around my house all dressed up with nowhere to go. What? Why? <laughs> Why would you not? It only matters if it makes you feel good. This is true. That came out a little weird, but you know what I'm talking. No, about. that did not come out weird. I know exactly what you meant. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Uh, well, hey, you know, before we get too far into things here. Uh, first of all, I, I am jealous that you're doing the auction draft because I really do want to join an auction draft. So I'm going to live vicariously through you for that for now uh, until I find my own, which I will do. But now 
We, we want to do just a little bit of reflection here mm -hmm. on our 100th episode. Obviously, we have a lot of actual fantasy pertinent information, but indulge us here, listeners and viewers, for just a, a minute while we take a little trip down memory lane, I think would be fun. So mm -hmm. I went ahead and dug through the vaults here. I, I found the early, early, early episodes uh, that Dustin and I recorded, uh, again, just a little over two years ago. And let me just tell you up front, the audio is real bad. Our audio has gotten significantly yes, better. Yeah. Please, time. please just ignore that. Uh, pretend it's basically Don't touch uh, us on that. pretend it's like um, the beginning of COVID when nobody knew what they were doing as far as yeah. recording audio and doing Zooms and stuff. Uh, just pretend it's that, even though it was or prior to that. Or pretend that you're in the closet listening to us through one of those cups. You know, the cup to the door thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just just be creative with your ears for a moment. But I was curious to see what we what we talk because I haven't listened to these. I don't go back and listen to our episodes, except for something like this. But our introductory episode, we came up with what is basically a mission statement for the podcast of how we wanted things to go. So I'm just curious, Dustin, if you can play that, I want to reflect after the fact and see if we've lived up to it so far. Yeah. I mean, just as a aside here, all good business plans have a mission statement. So I feel like the fact that we basically had one was a good sign we were going to make it to this point regardless. So good call. All right, here we go. First episode, we decided that we should just give you folks just a little introduction of what we are all about, what That's the right. podcast is going to be about, uh, some of the things you can expect. So, can uh, we even call it an episode? Should we call it a pre-episode? Pre-episode? Is this our introductory pre-episode? I think it is. Okay, perfect. Excellent. Um, every episode, we will have a, at least one beer that mm -hmm. we will be drinking and talking about. Preferably a local craft beer. You know, I think our focus is going to be... Um, you know, we're going to sprinkle in some redraft talk, a mm. little bit of dynasty talk, oh. probably some trade talk. Yeah. Uh, not IDP. Never. Because those people are crazy. I don't understand it. Yes, that's it's way past my pay grade. <laughs> I stopped paying attention once I figured out what IDP meant. Yes. Maybe some super flex talk. So after listening to that, <laughs> first of all, I want to apologize to IDP players because... One, I got to play in one last year, uh, and it was actually delightful. Nope, and I still it stand wasn't by it. As hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're only fifty percent converted here. Uh, but you know, obviously, yes, we talk about our beverages consistently, mm -hmm. and we are pretty good about keeping them local for the most part yep. here in the Wisconsin region, save for occasional steps out east. Uh, and and what we talk about, yes, we do a lot of redraft. Mm -hmm. I think we've gotten better about talking about Dynasty as mm -hmm. we're going to on this very episode. That's right. And Superflex, I remember being very scared of Superflex, nervous. Mm -hmm. I was optimistic because I just joined one the first time two years ago. And now it's the only thing basically that I want to play. Are you, yeah. you anti-Superflex at this point like I am? No, I, I love Superflex. I think that's going to become probably the more most mainstream uh, type of league here in the next few years, five years, maybe uh, I think it'll take over just the, what we now call like the standard league of PPR. Um, I think that's going to end up overtaking it as 
fantasy football continues to expand and more people get involved with it. And, you know, there's always new leagues that are forming and, and the more that it's out there in the ethos and people are talking about it, the more that the casual fantasy football player will be exposed to it. And, and those leagues will, you know, I think it's just going to become more of the main mainstream here relatively quickly. I mean, just in the few years that I've, you know, I've been doing dynasty. This is my going into my fourth year now. Uh, And just from the time that I started, until now it's just exploded so it's only going to continue to grow and like i said it'll it'll be the standard here very soon yeah i agree by the way i meant to say anti non-super flex which doesn't even make sense i knew what you meant uh, really but i said it anyhow yeah i think i mean espn and the major outlets are already starting to dip the toes in the super flex so i fully agree but i yeah, I think that we've so far crushed it mm-hmm. uh, on our basic mission statement. Yep. Um, but the one thing that was not in the mission statement, which I feel like has become the most integral part of our podcasting now, mm-hmm. is our drunk trade of the week. Yeah, which that, that came later. It was not the original uh, outline for the show. We did not have that as a focal point. But as soon as we started doing it, there was not, I didn't want there to be an episode that didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's by far my favorite segment that we do uh, of anything, even more so than like our, our drinking buddies episodes, uh, you know, anything like I, I love having the drunk trades because I love hearing from our listeners uh, about the trades that they made, good or bad, because we've had some good drunk trades. Although they're true. very few and far between. Uh, also true. <laughs> uh, but I love hearing about it. And I just, you know, I love hearing about what other people's think their values are on players, especially when they're in, uh, maybe not in the right frame of mind and how that skews the whole situation. Uh, it's just it's it's just a great um, experiment uh, that, that we get, you know, little bits and pieces of every week uh, of, of how people do their drunk trades. Yeah, it's like you're you're trading with your not even with your heart, you're trading with your liver, which mm-hmm. is just a fully different process than, you know, your logical, analytical, sober mind is typically doing. And it's just way more fun. I'm sorry. Now, we were talking actually before this came on. The spoiler alert, I want to share one of my all-time worst drunk trades because it's just it's fun uh to make shit out of yourself as well. We don't only do it with listener submissions, but like I uh, I do it often, I and I know that I shouldn't, and they're rarely good. You do it less often, and I'm kind of proud mm-hmm. of you for that, honestly. I think that's a good sign. Um, but I, I did go back and dig up our very first drunk trade mm-hmm. just to see uh, how that went down, what our reaction was to it. Now, I would be interested, Dustin, to mm-hmm. hear your your thoughts on this trade from two years ago now, are you still as harsh on it now as we were then? So do you want to take us through that stroll down memory lane? Yes, let's go. All right. We want to keep the, the beer theme going for just a little bit longer this week with a new segment. New segment. Dun, 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 dun. New segment. <laughs> <laughs> and that new segment is going to be the drunk trade of the week. We reached out to our Twitter followers, which, by the way, if you are not one of them yet, what are you doing? Why are you trying to hurt me? So this one comes in from at Mike Scully 58. Mike Sully. I'm sorry. Our first one and I uh, biffed way to his go. last name. Way to go. Well, it's probably too drunk to even know. 
And if we had any swag, we'd send you some just for the screw up, but we don't have any. So we don't. So I send you well wishes. Yes. Um, but his drum trade is as follows. So a little, little context here. He says, I was sitting across from the guy at the bar while the trade went down. So he traded away Devontae Adams and Eric Ebron. He says this was about week six. Mm-hmm. He couldn't pin it down exactly, but about week six. Traded away those two for Julian Edelman, Darion Johnson, Corey Clement, and Trey Burton. What do you think, Dustin, when you see those names? Dustin. Dustin. Ugh. What do you now? In 2021, the year of our Lord, 2021, when you hear the names that were given... Oh. And then Dante Adams is on the other side. Yeah, it's awful. It's still awful. <laughs> Julian, even in 2018, 2019, 2018, mm, I think the year that they actually made this. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. 2019, Julian Edelman, Trey Burton. I remember liking Trey Burton, to be fair. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think we all Not did. It's like a Travis Kelsey level tight end. And then even Wisconsin homers, Corey Clement, you know, we were more on board with Corey mm-hmm. than the average person was probably on board with Corey. It's just what, what, what? <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. My brain almost melted when I went back and heard this. Cause like Devonte Adams was a stud back then too, mm-hmm. not to this level, not to 2020 season levels, but my goodness, the disrespect I know. I'm sorry, Mike Sully, but it's still bad. It's still so bad. And I think this was a redraft trade. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Mike! Hey, Mike. What's up, guys? <laughs> Happy 100. Thank you. For listeners, we have a special guest. Mike Iowa comes in out of nowhere, off the top rope, onto the 100th episode. Sir. Now, you were a previous guest. I was. Mm-hmm. I am a two-time guest, uh, one-time winner uh, of a double beer bet, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've done my rounds. Well, thank you for reminding all of us of that. <laughs> <laughs> you did, though. You won mm-hmm. more than anybody has ever won in terms of beer bets mm-hmm. on this podcast. I'm just going to put it out there. I mean, myself excluded, because I've dominated my co-host over and over and over again. But as an outsider to come in and do what you did, I mean, it's just, it's really impressive. Uh, do yeah. you recall what the bets were by any chance? So, um, so we made two bets. It was obviously, it was a weekly bet. And I remember, what I remember was one of them was Josh Allen. I, I never bet against Josh Allen. I mean, that's just how life works. And if I remember correctly, and I, I could be wrong, I believe the other one was a battle of backup running backs, possibly Devontae Booker, um, when Jacobs went down. And I was so off of Devontae Booker, that was also an easy one for me. Uh, I took a lot of heat on Twitter, but that's nothing new. No one likes anything I say. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I believe we did a quarterback running back bet, and you two went one and one, uh, which was great for me mm-hmm. going two and oh. Uh, so we all got to celebrate a little bit. We all got a little bit of win. Um, two out of the three of us got a, got a loss, and that, that I think that's beautiful. So, <laughs> oh, bitch. Uh, it's the nicest way anybody can phrase that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I appreciate the tact that you just displayed there. Now, Mike, I'm very curious because really, the yeah, we want to do a look back here, and that's fun. But also, we want to talk about fantasy things still on this episode. Now, we're, we just like to talk dynasty now. 
because mm-hmm. we've talked about how we're merging into dynasty people and we never used to be. Do you ever feel like you can go back to redraft slash are you fully moved on from redraft or do you split your time now? What's your thoughts on the redraft versus dynasty situation? Just personally, what do you like to do? So I'm 90-10 dynasty. Uh, I always keep redraft. I, I always keep one or two kind of in the back pocket. Uh, so I know when you look at me, you see a, a baby face, but I, I started playing fantasy in 1988. Um, so I, I have been playing redraft for longer than most of your listeners have been alive. And, uh, in reality, like that's how, you know, me and my dad, that was like our bonding thing. So I've done the whole like filling out the sheet and like mailing it to people. So they found out <laughs> they won on, on Wednesday. Uh, and that was like, you didn't get yardage. You got like six points if you got a hundred and nothing if you got zero and then you got touchdowns. So, you know, most scores were like 45 to 42. Uh, you know, so, um, I, that's like, you know, that's how I grew up like that. I grew up on redraft. Like I grew up on a bunch of dudes getting together, them drinking beer, me having a juice box because, you know, I was <laughs> sure. like six or whatever. Um, but it, and you make your draft, and there's something about drafting a whole team that is so much more fun than doing a rookie draft. Uh, but yeah. you know, it is it's seasonal, and I, I love the round the clock. So I've now gotten into Devi. I've, I've gotten into like different flavors now because I feel like now that my tolerance has been built up, like I started in redraft, right? So like Bud Light. And, you know, then I went to like craft beer and, and now I'm basically on crack and that's cool too. Yeah. And, you know, now I, I need everything all at once. Um, but yeah, I play I, only leagues where there's 50 men in my lineup every Sunday. Yep. And there's 74 copies of everybody. And literally you have to fight somebody to make a trade. Like you have to physically hurt them to get the trades you want. And, you know, we wrestle and it's fun. Um, but the no, plane I, tickets I, get super expensive, though. It, it does get pricey. It's, it's high stakes. <laughs> um, you know, the winner gets a trophy, but yeah, you have to pay for the flights. Uh, but no, I, I can't fully give up my roots and I can't fully give up draft day. You know, pizza and beer and mm-hmm. making drafts and making jokes about whether I fell asleep and it's all of a sudden the eighth round and you know, laughing at the guy who drafts somebody who's in the CFL now. I, I, I never want to give that up fully. Uh, and what I will say, if you want to know my personal philosophy, um, you're kind of a douche if you tell people they have to do one or the other. Like, that's my personal philosophy is mm-hmm. that you're kind of a douche if mm-hmm. you say that redraft is wrong. Or I never heard redraft people coming at dynasty people. Dynasty people, I think, because they're newer. Um, the security levels may be a little lower, uh, sure. but but I, I don't think that telling anybody how to do anything is right. Uh, so I do all of it. I, I, I suck equally across the board. Um, so I feel There's like something I to be said for consistency, though, Mike. There is. There is. But what I can tell you is, I mean, you'll never love anything like you love your dynasty roster because you've watched it grow up. So mm-hmm. I definitely I, I will say, like, if I'm pressed for time and I can only really focus on one waiver wire. It's always going to be my dynasty team. It's going to be the one I've been running for 16 straight years now. Um, like that's, that's impressive. Baby. Yeah, we we we've run it for a while. So we had a redraft league that we flipped the dynasty just to see what it was like. It's still 
pretty basic scoring. So I know all these snobs would hate it, but what are you going to do? <laughs> um, but yeah, like we, we tried IDP before IDP was cool. And now our IDP system is so lame. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it, it's not it, as intense as what's currently available. Yeah, it, it's, it's like early, an NES it's cartridge matters. trying to get shoved into a PlayStation 3. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm like shoving a, a VCR cassette into a DVD player. I don't know. Um, <laughs> It's lame, but you know what? I, I could care less. I have a blast with it. And I have actually, I think with that league, what my favorite part is, is that I text my friends, annoying them so much that they have to trade with me. <laughs> and it is 24-man rosters. And last year, I flipped 21 of my 24 players. Damn. Can I ask yeah. who the three are that you kept? The three I kept were my defensive players because I don't care. <laughs> 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 it's not these people that you're like, oh, I'll never give them up. It's just like I forget that they exist. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I went all in 2020 draft. Um, I mean, I, I made deals like on the draft. I made deals outside of the draft. Like, it, and I was just like, I need to get my hands on as much of this draft as possible. And I came out the other side with Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, and then I ended up picking up Devontae Adams and Travis Kelsey in deals. And, and I just said, this this team is going to – now it's going to be cool. And now I'm not flipping anybody because screw you guys. I'm just taking all your money. <laughs> um, but, you know, between picking up Taylor and uh, Gibson and Justin Herbert in the rookie draft, I felt like – God, that's, that's a, sexy. That's a soft. sexy oh. move there. It's, oh. it's hot as hell. It is It is hot <laughs> as hell. And I just stare at it sometimes at night and it just it keeps oh, nope. me warm. Uh, let's, 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 let's keep it on, uh, under the R rating here now. Come on. <laughs> We're only recording from the the yeah. top up. That's, That's right. Yeah, okay. No, I just, I just enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I do both though. Why, why not? It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. fantasy football. It's always fun. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, Jake and I are in, in a, uh, redraft league together here, our home league. And I don't think I will ever give it up. I don't ever want it to go away, honestly. Cause yeah, having draft day, the one day where you're like, let's all meet up. Let's, let's get the draft going. Let's, let's razz the shit out of each other, give each other a hard time and, you know, low key make fun of the guy that will, you know, is a total homer for whatever team he is and, yeah. and draft, you know, said running back in the first round, you know, say, say it, we'll pick on the Niners just for whatever reason. Um, and he picked Trey Sermon in the first round because he's the hot, hot new hotness there. Uh, you know, that, that's fun. You, you know, you, you gotta love that. So yeah, I'll never Until give that up guy ends up getting second place in uh, the league anyways, because uh, fuck everything. It all goes right. out the window and redraft at a certain point too, which is oh, also the majesty of it. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. I love seeing the person who literally you look at the draft and go, what are you doing? And somehow, like, CBS Sportsline gave him a draft grade of an A, mm-hmm. and we all laugh and we giggle, and they, and they run the table. It's it's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll never get up. And I would never, you know, we've said it many times on the show, like, you play fantasy football how you want to play fantasy football. It's supposed to be fun. You know, it's your money that you're investing in your team. And it's like, yeah, have fun with it. Do whatever you want. Play whatever style you want. Like, it's all good. We're all having fun with it. Who cares? It's a game, right? That's, That's right. What it's supposed to be there for is that you the want to play a punters only league. God damn it, you play a punters only league. Rumor has it I may have signed up for one this off season. Shout out to Linda. I want to hear <laughs> all about that. By the way, oh. <laughs> I believe it's punters and kickers only. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it it is supposedly happening. The lovely Linda will be our commissioner, of course, because who else would you have running kickers and punters league? Mm-hmm. Obviously. 
Yeah. And then we have the Weenus League. So I honestly don't know what I'm doing this offseason, <laughs> but I know it's going to be a learning curve. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be a whole boatload of fun. Again, yeah, you're, you're going to learn more about brutal. punters and kickers than you ever thought you'd need to know, which is pretty exciting. And honestly, I'm going to tweet about them obnoxiously and see if I get my <laughs> follower count down to zero. We made it all the way up. We're going to try to make it all the way back down. You know, you'll have it's at least like one the follower. Arc of a punt. Yeah. Really, that is. It's just look at all of this. Oh no, shit! It's coming back down. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm excited for it. I'm mm-hmm. going to be watching that intently now. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we'll, we'll do weekly updates, probably daily, to be honest. There'll <laughs> be, you know, waiver updates. There'll be, you know, practice updates, like who's trying to kick lefty to mix it up a bit. We'll have a bunch of stuff, I'm sure. Uh, if I you could it. text me hourly updates, in fact, I would prefer that if that's yeah. not too much of a hassle. <laughs> no, that's no problem. I, I will, the amount of, basically, our entire text will just say, did you see that punt? Holy <laughs> shit. Did you see that punt? Holy shit. Inside the one with multiple exclamation points and fire emojis <laughs> and maybe an eggplant or two, just because um, that will be basically just, you can just scroll. I don't even need you to respond. Like you can, sure. if you want to, sure. um, but I'll it just will, like all of them. That's, that's perfect. I love that. Cause it makes a whole different sound. So I know I don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't even look like, Oh, I made that bloop, bloop, bloop. And I'm like, yep, he liked it. <laughs> Nope, he's still on my page. We'll get Pat McAfee involved on the text chain, uh, and that way you can have some banter about it. How about that? Yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll, you know. Obviously, he and I talk a lot, uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll let him know it's coming, and I'm, I'm sure he'll help me put together my draft list anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, Pat, homie, what are we doing? I'll be like, hey, you know, it, no, I got it. I, I know you want to get back to our chess match, but. Help me out with my punters first. Like we have a fun relationship like that. You do. You guys seem like you're like really separated at birth. Let's be honest. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, by a couple decades, but still, I mean, really, really close. Like very close, close people. So. Mike, you are amazing. Mm-hmm. I, this was such a welcome <laughs> experience for to you the to show. come on yes. for our hundredth. Oh, it's a blast. I wouldn't have missed it for the world, guys. Honestly, congratulations. I've told you this before. My favorite show uh, by far. I, I've always been honored to be asked. Like, it's still the highlight. You guys are the pinnacle of what's been a fairly pathetic Twitter career so far. Um, but you guys are the pinnacle. So so it doesn't matter how high the peak is, you're it, um, which is great. So congratulations. I'm going to watch the rest of the show and continue getting drunk. But I uh, appreciate you dropping the link. Always a blast, guys. Congrats. No, thank appreciate you. Appreciate you, yeah. Cheers to you, sir. Take care, man. Cheers, guys. Have a great one. Oh, Mike oh, Fiala, That was terrific. That made me feel all warm and fuzzy. One of my favorite people. <laughs> yeah. It really and did. It's that was not nice. just the booze this time. No, definitely That's not. Yeah. It was actually, it was, it was compliments that made it happen yes. this time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, no, he is the best. If you're not mm-hmm. following him, by the way, at Daddy's Home FF on Twitter, you should do that. Yes, great follow. Uh, absolutely. So, what should we talk about next? Should we actually well, get in? Get into our actual what we wanted to talk about dynasty wise, or I I think we could we could work some dynasty stuff in here. We could actually have a conversation about fantasy football stuff for now. Because I do have uh, something I want to drop on you later. But yeah, I, I think we should we should have okay. some conversation. All right. So let's start, since this is all things Dynasty, we'll just start with roster construction. So how, or I, I, let, let's, let's even back up a bit. 
I know because we talked about um, league format a little bit, how Superflex we think is, you know, going to become the mainstream. What's your preferred league settings? Like, do you like, do you strictly like look for like Superflex now or do you not really care as long as it's PPR? You'll just be like, yeah, I'll join a league. Like, as long as it's good people, like it doesn't matter really what the, the format is. Or is there one like yeah. you kind of gravitate towards? My druthers, my preference. That's an old timey word for preference, by the way. You might have heard that in a William Shakespeare book. But my druthers for fantasy preferences, <laughs> trying to alienate everybody that's listening and watching right now. But my preference is Superflex. As I said, I, I love Superflex. It just feels natural. It feels like it just feels right. And that's only because that's what I've been doing. For mm-hmm. the last couple of years, ever since that bit at, that we introduced at the beginning of the episode, one of our first episodes where I talked about just getting into it, I've been hooked ever since. I don't really care. Um, but yeah, ideally, Superflex, tight end premium now. I love that because it bolsters those guys a little bit. Mm-hmm. I love having deep benches because that just makes things more interesting. I love a lot of action in my leagues. So I want deep benches where waiver wire activity is happening. Mm-hmm. And I know people don't think maybe that doesn't happen on those deep leagues because everybody's already picked up. But the bottom of the bench waiver churn is actually one of my favorite things to mm-hmm. behold. Yeah, it really it's is. like, no, oh my God, somebody just dropped Khalif Raymond. I have to go scoop him up now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen in your other league. So I, I love that. But really, if I get an invitation and I am not at my threshold, for leagues yet, mm-hmm. which for me has been expanding. And I know for you too, like the maximum allowance is going up, but it's still not like some people are in 30 leagues. And yeah, I just think that's wild. That is I'll crazy. never <laughs> probably do that. I shouldn't say never because again, two years from now, I'm going to clip this out and be like, holy fuck, I'm in a hundred leagues. <laughs> but yeah, I prefer, you know, if I get the invite, it's just who's in it. Mm-hmm. Like, do, I, do I know these people? Do I, do I like these people? And and it doesn't always have to be that way. Sometimes it's nice to be in with strangers to get to meet new people through mm-hmm. fantasy football. But like, if I know the person who's commissioner and they're one of my favorite folks, of course I'm going to join. Right. Exactly. That's kind of how I am too. It's like, I don't care what the the settings are. I mean, it makes it more interesting when you have to try to figure out, okay, is this league this, or does this one have the points per carry, or is this, you know, super flat, you know, it keeps you on your toes a little bit, which is not a bad thing, instead of just remotely going through and just be like, okay, here's my lineup, I don't have to think about it, you know, so it's, um, yeah. yeah, I have no preference for league, obviously I'm skewing more towards the you know super flex tight end premium since that seems to be more of the forefront right now but definitely i don't care what what the league settings are as long as it looks interesting and like like i said if if it's got good people in it that's really all that matters in the end if somebody came to me tomorrow and again i wasn't at my league capacity for my allowance and they're like hey i'm starting a league you you get to start one quarterback and one tight end and that's it that's the league I'll try it. <laughs> that sounds fun. Why not? Yeah, I'll do it. Also, it sounds like easy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, management. That's right. <laughs> not like you have to do it through time. That's right. So now we can move on to kind of roster construction and, and how you like to uh, build your rosters. So personally, I I like to build my rosters around wide receivers. Um, 
I, I don't, I, I, cause I feel like running back, unless you have like the Christian McCaffrey's or the Dalvin cooks of the world, one of the high stud, you know, one of those top five or six running backs after that, it's kind of a crapshoot on who could pop into the top 12, who's going to pop out. Um, and it always seems like there's those late round running backs that just come out of nowhere every single year. And it's such a crapshoot. So personally, I like to load up on young wide receivers before they hit, preferably, obviously, get a little bit of discount on them. And then sure. and then if I have a full roster of wide receivers, that's when I can trade for running back to kind of put my team over the edge. So I'll build my team around everything but running back. Not that I go zero RB. I'm not saying that by any means. Um, yeah. But I, I like to kind of have a stable of wide receivers, solid tight ends and and quarterbacks, and then trade for running backs when I feel like my, my squad is really ready to make that push towards the championship. So that's kind of how I build my teams. What about you? I agree with most of what you said there. Yes, I try and build one around wide receivers too. It's just, it's easier. The longevity is there. It's been established that the longevity for wide receivers is much more than running backs. And the cliff comes quick and unexpectedly for running backs a lot Mm -hmm. of the time. So that's why I don't like to pay a premium. Now in dynasty leagues, that's who I'm typically drafting in rookie drafts for Mm -hmm. that reason. It's the cheapest they'll ever be, probably, if, if they hit. Um, and you're getting them at their youngest. So that is the ideal situation for me. Where I think I differ from you is two things. One, I go after those old wide receivers. And by old, I mean like they're 29 years old. They might as well be dead to everybody but their family. Like that is how people treat Mm -hmm. them in fantasy football sometimes. It's like you you can have uh, production after age 29, but people are so quick to write them off. Mm-hmm. You know, Keenan Allen is a perfect example of this. The guy, he's not even 29 yet, but he just feels like he is to most people out mm-hmm. there. And so most people are undervaluing him for that reason. So I'll go scoop him up. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if these guys die on my bench, right? You know, or die on my roster. Like I know I'm going to have you hopefully for, let's say, three years, if I get you at 29 mm-hmm. of great production, I'm cool with that. If I can't trade you away after that, I don't give a shit. I will mm-hmm. enjoy those three years of production. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of, you know, there's always those outliers like Larry Fitzgerald or Julian Edelman. Uh, I think Julio is going to be one of those guys that maybe not yeah. producing at that 1,400 yard level until he retires, but mm-hmm. he's going to be super productive still as he, as he kind of gets older. And he's what, 32 this year? 31? I think 31. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's he's at that cliff age, as you were saying, for, for wide receivers. And, yeah, it's like, yeah, if you know you're going to get at least one to two years probably of elite yardage, at least, because we know Julio's never been a touchdown monster. But, uh, you know, sure. t- to be able to trade for that relatively cheap, because people just want to get him off their rosters at this point. They want to get something for him before he dies. And it's like, yeah, if you can get that that elite level production for another couple years and then solid production after that, like, yeah, buy them, buy them at a, at a value right now. And I like that. I mean, there's, there's always those wide receivers. receivers. Yeah. With receivers. Yes. The, the dip happens. They, they do stop producing at a certain point, Mm -hmm. but it's normally not like a brick wall. It's like, Ooh, they stopped being elite. Oh, now they're just getting me, you know, wide receiver two ish numbers. 
you're absorbing a drop off, but it is not so drastic as running backs tend to be. Mm-hmm. And it's probably just because you can utilize a wide receiver a lot of different ways. If they are one of those elite players, mm-hmm. then they can get moved around. Running backs, once once you're done, there's nothing they can really do with you. Yeah, they can stick you in at the goal line and maybe you'll get a plotter who can vault your touchdowns for you. Uh, but that's pretty unlikely too. One other bit about what you said. Now, you said you're not a zero RB guy. Mm-hmm. And for the listener, I, my definition of that might be different than yours, too. But, like, let's use it from a, a redraft concept here. To me, that would be the elites are off the board. I'm focusing on building up my other positions first. Running back is the last focal point for me by a good margin. Mm-hmm. That's what zero RB means to me. I'm heading right now. I'm not heading into a season this way, but... Right now, in one of my dynasty leagues, my top running back is Damian Harris. That is how little I value (laughs) running backs right now. Because we have months until the season starts. Mm -hmm. I have months to accrue talented running backs. And again, it depends on what your league settings are. If you only have to start one running back and the Mm -hmm. rest are flex or super flex, you know, why not have someone that will give you a consistent floor every week? Maybe you don't have that ceiling, but you can make up those points in those other positions and, and you have someone that you know is just going to be stable. Well, yeah, then you don't have to yeah. focus on, you know, having five running backs on your team that have a high ceiling, you know? So I, I mean, I like that cause that's kind of how I like to view it too, is like, I like to have my one like solid running back and not necessarily a stub, sure. but someone like will give me consistent numbers every single week that I can just mm-hmm. kind of set it and forget it. And then it allows me to focus on those other positions. Unless you know, it's now, a little it's a little bit different if you have to have like a start two running back team. Yes. You know that or then the, three guys. Yeah, yeah, you like, know that, you that's a little different. But it, it's all based on your you know league settings. So you were mm-hmm. saying before I so rudely cut you off. I actually was on the verge of cutting you off, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> What speaking of that, here's where I'm starting to come around, and I wonder if you're feeling the same. I am now, I think, at the point where in my dynasty leagues, I want to go get that top tier tight end. I want Travis Kelsey, I want Darren Waller, I want George Kittle, maybe Kyle Pitts. We'll see. I want those guys because that position we always talk about it is fucking trashy. Mm-hmm. So I am starting to come around of like, I'll pay almost whatever it takes to get those guys now. Because I'm sick. I am sick of all the potential upside tight ends that I have to stash on my bench, taking up valuable space that may never, ever, ever hit. Or I'll never know when to play them. Right. You have to wait at least three years for them to hit and maybe get playing time. Maybe. 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 And in the meantime, let's say if you go the approach of just like, I'm just going to hoard these high upside tight ends. Now you have five roster spots taken over, Mm -hmm. hypothetically, by these guys. I'd rather have the one, pay for it, and then sprinkle some extra talents in those other roster spots, mm-hmm. maybe at running back, wide receiver, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you there as well. Um, it's so hard to play the waiver wire for matchups for tight ends. And depending on your league, there might not be a lot of options out there. Uh, depending on what your bench sizes are and everything. So having one of those elite tight ends, like it is a difference maker, even just from the fact that you don't have to think about it, except for the one bye week you have. Uh, that right. I mean, that that's just so comforting. And 
and nice to know that, okay, I can just leave, leave that, leave that little button clicked that he's in my starting lineup all season long. Like that is, that is a terrific feeling. So yeah, yep. there, and there is hey, something that to one say bye about week, that. one bye week, I'll go pick up Mo Alley Cox and just mm-hmm. say, Hey, maybe he gets a touchdown. Who That's gives a right. shit? And if he doesn't, I don't care at that point. Yeah. As long as there's at least like one catch for like 15 yards. Yeah, that's good enough. You, you scored two and a half points like that. That you don't need anything else. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Fully agreed. Yeah. So well, we can't be in leagues together, though. It sounds like because we both try and structure our teams the exact same way. Almost. Yeah, but that makes it fun. Then it's how do you how do you uh, ramble? How do you lever the other person to try to pry those players away? That's, that's where that's where point. the fun comes. So strategizing. How do you? Um, attack your drafts and and let's 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 say startup startup drafts for dynasty perfect okay i was just gonna clarify there if i'm looking at a startup and and we'll we'll say we'll say super flex tight end you know premium since that seems to be the way things are are going out there just so we're clear for all of our listeners out there i appreciate that i'm sure they do too i think what i'm doing my strategies with startup drafts have fluctuated so much over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. they truly have because I used to never want to spend up on a quarterback. In the, even in Superflex, I was the, I'm going to wait you out and I'm going to prove that I'm smarter than you are by taking this random fucking guy in round 11 who right now isn't even listed as a starter, but I have faith in my... I'm going to take Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> right. It's like, that is just... It, it's shocker has not worked out for me huge in the past. Sometimes I get lucky and it works out, but it mm-hmm. truly is luck. Like one ex- example, purely luck. I waited and waited and waited and waited. And I took Ryan Tannehill. This was a couple years ago, Ryan Tannehill in like the eighth round. Then I took Cam Newton a couple of rounds after that. And then I scooped up Ryan Fitzmagic at the very end. Cause you know, I love my Fitzmagic. And yeah, that ended up working out for me. But I'm not game planning for that anymore. Mm-hmm. So I am of the mindset in a startup draft, especially Superflex, I'm not leaving the first three rounds without my first quarterback anymore, mm-hmm. probably. And I'm also getting comfortable with the idea of trading back to accumulate picks mm-hmm. in those. Because the deal with that, and if the listeners aren't familiar with that style, that auction, excuse me, not auction, but that startup draft, uh, Picks are, are obviously a premium, and mm-hmm. you can trade. You don't have to draft anybody. You can trade back. You can trade back up into the first round if you really want, and take two picks of your elite tier guys, if if you really want to. If I want to go up and get Pat Mahomes and Kyler Murray, like the guy in your auction drafted, and my startup, I'm gonna have to pay a lot to get whatever that second guy is. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably gonna take the opposite approach and trade back. At a certain point, because people in drafts want to draft more often than not, unless you're mm-hmm. playing with, you know, the sharks who are doing the same kind of shit. People want to use their pick. They just fucking do. So if you can say, hey, here's a free, here's a free pick for you, quote unquote, I will just trade back a couple of rounds. And let's say, I don't know, you can have this third round pick. I'm just going to take your, uh, let's say, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. <laughs> Whatever. That's obnoxious, and that would probably not happen. But that's that's the idea that I've started to warm up to. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to ask, because I've heard this happening, or 
it, it seems like the the trading out of the first and trading back to try to get more picks, you know, get like two seconds and your another second and a third. So you have two seconds and two thirds. It seems like more and more fantasy players are are using that strategy. So I was going to ask, what do you think? Because I've heard this also is what if you go and trade up into the first? So you do have your two first round picks, depending on how the you know first round is going. And you get those two young elite quarterbacks in a super flex league. So you get like your Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Josh Allen, and then you come back and get like a Herbert or a Kyler or, you know, mm-hmm. or Trevor Lawrence, you know, there is something to that where I would love to try that strategy in a startup this offseason just to see how that works. Um, just because yeah. then, you know, in theory, I know NFL is, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. You never know how long your league is going to be in play. But in theory, you can have these quarterbacks for 10 years at least. So to know sure. that you're set with two potentially stud quarterbacks in the top 12 every year mm-hmm. for 10 years. I mean, that is I think pretty... 10 years is a big, I well, mean, that's a I said, potential. Let's say five. Okay. Let's say five okay. as say a five. firm, like that's confidence. Right? Okay. So say five years. I don't know. There's something to that where it's like that, that gives you a lot of flexibility then for your other positions where you have two elite scorers. So you can get away with not necessarily having a stud running back, you know, mm-hmm. or, or maybe that stud tight end, it kind of gives you that flexibility to, to work with other positions then, even though you're paying up initially for it. Yeah. I, I don't see any issue with that. I don't see any issue with any startup strategy, as long as you are not going against the grain just to go against the grain. Right. Or you are not um, forfeiting value to do whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think you, if you are trading into the first, and I talked about initially, like it will take a lot to trade up into the first, even from some of your earlier rounds. Like people want that first round pick. I do it, but you have to know that you are potentially sacrificing some of those elite wide receivers mm-hmm. that you would want or that elite tight end that you might be seeking after too. And, and mm-hmm. I think you just have to be comfortable with your own analysis more than yep. you would if the opposite was true, because you're really relying on, Here's these guys around seven, eight, whatever that I need to hit on, but I feel confident that I could do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so how do you then on the flip side, um, when you're taking over an orphan team, how how do you... One of my favorite things to do. I know. How, how do you take a look at that roster and decide, this is how I want to build this team? I mean... And I know orphans, they come in all shapes and sizes. You could have all your draft picks, you know, the rookie picks. You could have none for two years. I mean, you could be set up with a really good team or it could just be total shit where you have like no no real trade pieces or anything. So but just as like a general, you know, high, high level, like this is how I like to build my teams up when I'm taking over a, a orphan. Well, correct me if I'm wrong here, because you have a lot of experience doing this, too. But almost every orphan team that I've ever picked up, so somebody quit, left the league, here's my scrap team. Mm -hmm. It's almost always shit. It is almost always garbage in my experience. Have you had ones that are actually good? Like you feel comfortable walking into that team? Uh, well, I know I left a league where I had a very good team. Um, So I left someone with a very good uh, uh, roster. But was in that league. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's usually at least a couple of good pieces on your team where you can 
trade either picks or younger players for those. You know, say sure. it's say it's like your Devonte Adams or you know, you you usually have some sort of blue chipper on your team or one or two where you can just trade those for either draft picks or uh, young unproven talent that you think is going to hit in the future. So I mean, not all teams are are so bad where you don't have pieces to trade and you're basically starting from scratch. Um, sure. You know, and, well, and, I was... and hopefully, you know, a league that you were to join with an orphan um, is hopefully they have dispersal drafts. So if, so your team, or if there's two teams that left all those players, plus then anybody else in the league can jump into the dispersal and redraft their team, basically based on the available pool of players. So hopefully at that point you can do that or your the league you're joining has something like that where then it allows you maybe to get a couple blue chipper players and instead of just truly starting from my team is totally horseshit at least you have some say in what your roster looks like at that point that's kind of the right. optimum uh scenario there it, 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 i mean that would be a treat if i if i've ever i've never been able to do that mm-hmm. but it is nice and heartening to know that that option does exist out there because there's real life experience for it let, I guess let me look at it this way, because my own experience has always been like I'm taking over a, a, a trash team. That is fun for me, though. Mm-hmm. I like doing that. I, I like walking in being like it's like a remodel of an old house. You know, it's like you just walk in. You're like, I'm going to knock that wall down. I'm getting rid of all that shit. <laughs> we need new windows. We need new floorings over here. I'm going to throw some potted plants over there and try and make it look nice. That is what you're basically doing with an orphan team. And. I immediately identify, I'm glad that you brought this up, identify those couple of star or star adjacent players that you have in your team. You go, what am I going to get for these guys? I'm going to start offering trades right now or put them out on your trade block. These high-end guys, let's say you have Ezekiel Elliott on your orphan team that you've just picked up and the rest of your team is garbage, is not competing. No chance this year. Zeke is the first type of player you need to get get rid of. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not because he won't be good for a couple of years. It's because his value, I know his value is a little depressed right now, but it's still good enough where he is a namesake that you can get the pieces you want on your team. Mm-hmm. And by the time your team is good enough to compete, he's mm-hmm. going to be off your roster anyway or not producing at a high level. So it doesn't right. pay to have him on your team when you're scoring points for no reason. Yeah, that's the thing people don't talk about enough. You don't want to be in a situation where you're trying for the 101. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get last place, not by doing anything uh, against the rules or exactly. But you want that pick because you know your team sucks. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want this guy in here dropping 30 points in my lineup then during the week. That's going against my cause. Mm-hmm. So you're trading them away to get somebody who is not super productive right now, probably, but who will be in the near future, likely. Um, but it's just, it's also really easy for me to take on a new team and go, here's the issue, here's the issue, here's the issue. As opposed to my teams that I've had for <laughs> years, I can't make that same kind of unbiased Because you're attached. You're attached to your team. Yeah, it's attached. It's hard. So, yeah, I, I do love doing that. I would love nothing more than to walk into uh, any league and just nitpick everybody's team that I'm not owning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. So um, you had mentioned it, um, you know, walking into an orphan team, how you like to identify players and then trade them away, essentially right away and get value for them. So how do you approach trading? Do you just cold call and be like, hey, I'm throwing out this offer? Uh, without any any uh, foreplay, so to speak, or do you just blast it in the league wide chat, like, or use your trade bait, saying like, "Hey, this is the players, you know, that I'm, I want to trade. I'm, you know, send me some offers," or you know, do you kind of when you're making trades, take a look at like, "Hey, you're light on running back. I have extra ones," you know, try to do. Um, something that benefits both teams, um, which I know is probably the answer, but I don't want to hear that because that's the very polite <laughs> answer. So fucking lame. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, just just how do you approach trading in general? I well, the thing I love about walking into a new league as the the pickup of an orphan team, they come to you in most instances because the new guy is that whole I smell fresh fish yep. kind of vibe. Yep. And the offers come fast and they are probably terrible, but they will come fast. And 99% of the time they're terrible. Uh, yeah. Almost always. So they're just trying uh, to gauge my, how gullible you actually are. <laughs> for sure. That's absolutely what they're doing. You're like, well, let's see how dumb this fucking guy is. That's gonna, is he going to accept this or not? Uh, but once you wade past that, then it is when I'm new, what I, cause I don't know my league mates yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know their tendencies. I haven't poured over their rosters. I'm not that nerd either who walks into a league. Good for you if you are, but I don't walk into a league and immediately be like, Oh, this is what this team needs. And this is my assessment there. It's honestly just a lot of work. I'm not prepared to do off the bat. So I will, as we talked about earlier, I'll put out the vibe at the bar. I'll put a couple of players on the trade block, especially if it's those couple that I really want to get rid of. And I'll just see, I'll mm-hmm. see what the interactions come from. If I don't get any interactions, no trade offers, no DMs, whatever, then I will just start going to, I'll pick a team and say, well, I would love these players. Of course, I'm thinking about me first. I'm not, I'm not that nice of a guy. Well, of course. I, say, I really want these players. So I'm just going to try and sometimes it depends on the league chat, quite frankly. Like how active is, how active is anybody in the league chat? Mm-hmm. If it's frequent, people are constantly in there, then I will start a conversation. But if they're not, Honestly, I'm not even going to do that. I'm just going to send out an offer that I think is fair. It doesn't necessarily have to benefit them in the immediate future. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I, I don't look at my lineup really until month, maybe before the season starts. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be that either. But yeah, I will just fire off a, a trade without having to do the foreplay, so to speak. Oh, I are I, you are you foreplay only? No, no, no. I just fire off trades all the time. I don't care. It's uh it's like, hey, if there's a player that I want to go after or someone that I feel like is going to have a dip this season and I want to just move them off my roster, I'll just I'll just fire off trades and I'll fire one off to every every league manager um, if I need to. Uh, yeah, I, I have no shame in that regard. It's like, hey, <laughs> let's try to get a deal done here, you know. Uh, the one thing I won't do is pummel somebody with trades, though. If they re- no. Let's say they reject my trade. And they don't counter or they don't have a comment about it. I'm mm-hmm. not the guy who's going to go right back and be like, well, what about this? And then maybe this too. Like, I'm not going to hammer. I'll, I'll usually, if they don't give me a comment, I usually won't tr- fire something back. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause then it's like, well, if they're not even giving me a comment, they're just not really interested in trading. What it, do it, I work with? Yeah. 
Yeah, unless it's a, I mean, I've I've given no comments. I try to give at least some sort of comment for trades I reject, mm-hmm. unless it's just such the worst fucking trade where it's just like you don't even deserve a response to this because it was so bad. That's the only time. But otherwise, I'll I'll give just a little two liner like, hey, thanks for the offer, but I'm not looking to move this player or. You know, mm-hmm. or like I recently received a trade offer where it was like, uh, like possible up and coming tight end and like a tier three wide receiver, like a wide receiver three for like the same thing coming back. So it's like a very lateral Lots trade. Yeah. And I was just uh-huh. like, I actually like my, the upside of my guys better, but you know, it's, I'm not willing to and make that's this the trade right now. At that point, you're just valuing your individual guys. Like, do you like this guy more than me? I mean, mm-hmm. that's most of trading, I guess, but it does feel weird to do it when it's one for one like yeah. that. Especially when you don't know the league mate yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I just tell you though, I've gotten better at trading. Uh, in, in terms of, I do not suck <laughs> as much at trading. We used to be in a dynasty league together. Sadly, we're not in a dynasty league together right now. But yeah, this was the team that attest. I left. This was the team that I left in very good shape. That's right. It was. It was a good team. Yeah. He's not just saying that, people. He. <laughs> I can say, uh, and I would be the first to point out if it was truly a shit team, but it, it's not. It was a good team. Oh, I felt Are like it was going to contend the next year. I, I was. I did not want to leave that league only for that reason because I really thought I, I could win it. <laughs> I also had a pretty good team, if mm-hmm. I can say so myself. I don't think it was as deep as yours, sadly, but it, it was good. But in any case, yeah. I think you can attest to I used to be pretty awful at sending up. Not, not all the time. But there was almost, let's say, one out of three that I would send where you just like. They were pretty bad. What the fuck are you <laughs> doing? <laughs> I'm proud to say I don't do that. I don't. I, I don't think anymore. I like I like to think that I had a hand in that because I would just be brutally honest uh separately I would text you and be like dude that wasn't even fucking close what are you doing <laughs> you really think Albert Wilson is worth three first you really think did you think before you said I did not do that I was not never to that, that extreme but yeah no um, no so can we can we talk this is a good time just to point this mm-hmm. out I think speaking about trading here so I know, again, you don't drunk trade very often, but I I do. And I'm also the guy who dwells. Like, sometimes I'll go back through my trade history and look. Do you ever do that? Do you ever go back, like, a couple years and be like, mm-hmm. just to see what you did and see mm-hmm. if you're still happy with it? Mm-hmm. Are, or, you ever, are you ever happy with it? <laughs> um, more often than not, I, I am, I am I'm happy with how the trade worked out. More okay. often than not. Um, but I like to go back and even see the trades like I've offered that have been rejected because you can do that on NFL. Yeah. So then it kind of yeah. gives me like, OK, this this guy, you know, guy or gal, whoever this owner, uh, GM was, they didn't like this trade or, you know, they didn't want this player last year in the offseason for whatever reason. You know, uh-huh. is it worth trying again or is the situation changed? Like I like to look back at those just to see and not only for people I've been trying to get trades done with, but also um, league-wide trades, because you can look at on MFL at least the league-wide trades that have happened, so you can kind of learn those tendencies for your other uh, league mates. Uh, So I love doing that. That is really – that's a great call-out. Now, that is more research than I typically tend to do. Uh, But I'm not saying I do it all the time. (laughs) Sure. 
Uh, that isn't that's readily available to mm -hmm. you if your you know league settings allow you to look back to that extent. Again, MFL is great about that. I know some people don't like MFL. I'm a fan, um, but you can easily search through all these trades and mm -hmm. yeah, you figure out a lot about your league mates. Now, I use it just to dwell on all of the awful trades that I've made in the past. Be like, man, I thought that was going to go so much different than it did. And I would like to share one with you, Dustin. Oh, please do. If, if oh, you don't mind. Can, here, can, because... I, can I hold on one minute? We've got yes. someone uh, that wants to join us here. Special guest. <gasps> Look who's here. Jay Mike. Here for What's the good? hundo. How Happy are you, sir? Hey. Welcome to the hey, show. Listen, I'm pretty well. Um, th thank you guys for having me. Uh, I felt like there was no way that I could miss out on one double zero. Um Obviously, I thoroughly enjoy the work you all do, uh, and, and Dustin, I, I love how you keep Jake in check, so continue to do so. I try. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jake, Jake has been an absolute treat to continue to get to know you uh, over all this time, and I'm excited for the next 100 episodes for you guys. And so uh, everybody's already, well, not everybody, my kids are asleep, uh, my wife's in there working, so I had to come outside and deal with all these birds and my bamboo in the backyard <laughs> going crazy. Um, but just listen, man, ha happy 100th continued success uh, and i just wanted to come on and show love and i want to ask one question if i may may i be so bold Do we have oh, time yeah. for that please okay all right cool um i lied two questions uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking guy you're like i was just trying to bait you to see what you would say i well, actually have funny. a list here <laughs> i'm actually co-host uh for 101 so that'll be great i'm just kidding everybody um so so jake quick question yeah um is there any chance that we can start getting videos of you impersonating fantasy analysts. Ooh, I like that. Oh, because my. you crush, you crush the celebs. Can we see you crush the FF Twitter streets? I think it could be fun. Boy, oh, I, I like I've that. Never even considered something like that before. <laughs> I, I will have to meditate on this. Okay. I'll have to okay. figure out if I have it in me. Uh, to okay. to put that out, you know, it's it's strenuous. I I, I do research. I, I watch at least thirty second clips before I just go put something out there willy nilly. So you're asking me to do that for people. I think that sounds fun as hell though, uh, and I love that idea. So I'm open mm -hmm. to it, J Mike. I am open to it. All right, fair enough, fair enough. It's good, good. Uh, that's I, I have to ask. Um, at what point in the NFL season, in the 2021 NFL season? Do you become an alcoholic after watching Jordan Love start for your Packers? <laughs> oh, it'll be the first preseason game if that happens. Okay, wow, that'll be quick. Oh, That's for real. Year. Oh, for real. If if yeah, for some reason Rodgers isn't with the team, um, yeah, there's just no hope at that point, and I will just <laughs> drown my sorrows for the entire freaking season. <laughs> the graph is not a slope. No, it's not a slope. No, it is it's a straight down, straight to despair. <laughs> so on that note, I guess I leave now. I'll leave you with that down, or you're welcome. <laughs> Jay, Mike, I love you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks sir, for stopping for in, man. And blessing us here. Hey, you're very welcome. Continue success. Oh, thank you so much. Jay Mike, co-host uh, of the Open Bar Podcast, which if you are not watching and listening to that, shame on you. Absolutely. Uh, Dustin and I talk all the time. We feel like they are what we want to embody sometimes. They are so great at mm -hmm. the Open Bar. 
Yeah, I I, uh, I love that, Dustin. I <laughs> I hope and pray that we don't have to see Jordan Love uh, this year. And nothing yes. against the young man. No, nothing against him. It's nothing personal. But I'm not ready. I no, am I'm not, not ready. ready either. For that. I'm not ready to move on. I don't even go there. I haven't let my brain go there that that could even be a possibility. I'm just assuming Rogers is going to be back and it's going to be fine. And we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's not even that that does it's not on my radar. I, I'm stuttering. I can't even just get words out because it just it fucks me up that much. <laughs> <laughs> he really did just come uh, on and drop a bomb, and then yeah. he just left, and then he just left. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you so you were you were going to lay a, a drunk trade on us here? Yeah, this will make you feel better. I think uh, about the Jordan. I'll distract you. From okay. that possibility here with my <laughs> own d- dumbass trading capabilities here. Now, this is one of those orphan leagues. Mm-hmm. Right? I came in. I took over a team. I felt like I was making trades that were going to put me in contention, not the first year, but the second year. I was like, that's my time. I'm mm-hmm. building a base here. This is going to, oh, it's going to smell so good. In a couple Which of is years. really what you want to do. Oh, of course. I There's. The maybe one other bit, tidbit of advice here. You don't want to say to yourself that I'm taking over this team. I'm winning the ship this year. Sometimes mm-hmm. that can happen. I feel like it's misguided to mm-hmm. let yourself fall into that trap, though. But you love the know, moxie. Do you ever have? Yeah, you do <laughs> love the moxie. But sometimes that moxie leads to trades like this. Mm-hmm. I gave up. This was 2019. This was All August right. 13th, okay. 2019. Tuesday, August 13, 2019. I gave up Superflex League tight end premium. I gave up Dak Prescott. Okay. And my main man, Albert Wilson. Okay. For Josh Rosen, fresh to Miami. Sony Michelle, Tyler Eifert, and a third round pick. Ugh. I did that. Ugh, that's gross. That's that. so gross. I have to that doesn't go away. I can't delete that from the league record. No. It stays there forever. It's so it's so it's so gross. Oh, I'm sorry. As I sw- as I switch over to Scotch now, in, in honor of our main man. Hey, I, I, I switched over to the Scotch as well. Hey, let's talk about it. Uh I gave you so you brought the beer. I mm-hmm. brought the scotch. I said, I want to go one step up for this uh yeah. bulbous sized episode. We gotta kick got it up the, to an eleven. That's right. I got the Glen Morangi. It's ten years, uh, so it's not it's not like amazing. I know you're supposed to go for like you know higher numbers are uh, better for scotch, but this is pretty good. Have you? So you've been imbibing already? Yeah. How is it? Uh, it's not too bad. Um, I thought I with scotch. I'm always a little concerned about the peat mm. level because mm. um, I'm not Smoke. a I'm not a big fan of that. Um, sure. Just in my in my limited scotch exposure, let's put it that way. I'm more sure. of a, a whiskey guy um, or brandy. She's a fine girl. Oh. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, this is really good. It's it's pretty smooth. Um, I've obviously uh, got a little ice in there to to cut it a bit. Um, you see this big ass ice cube that I've got in there? I do those huge circle ice cubes. Mm-hmm. I know purists in Scotch don't like that. Mm-hmm. They think it ruins the fucking profile somehow. Get out of here with that. So your ice cubes are this big? Fuck you! <laughs> I can't look away. On that. I don't feel like that counts. It has to be in it person. It totally counts. For the listeners at nope. home, you did that bullshit circle 
finger thumb. What do you call that? What do you even? What is that called? That I game? don't know. Basically, you look at the circle with your fingers and you get punched. That's yep. the game. Yep, I'm people. not looking. <laughs> uh, yes, I am. Uh, I am in junior high. If if everybody wants to know, uh, but yeah, no. The dickbag co-host would answer the question about the scotch instead of trying to get me to get punched. No, I, I, it's very good. Uh, like I said, there's not a, a very strong peat uh, level to it. Um, whatever uh, aficionados would call it, the peat level, the peat peatness. Sure. I don't know. Like I said, <laughs> the scotch peatness. is. The 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 um, scotch is not my my go to liquor of choice, but uh, this is very good. I, I'm enjoying it, so thank you for yeah. providing some. You are very welcome. I have been trying to dip my toes back into the scotch waters. Here's the thing about scotch. I'm just going to take a quick detour here. Oh, when please do. I was at my scotchiest, I was going out to bars on like a Wednesday. This was in my youth. Before I really had a, an important job that I had to wake up for the next day. But I would go out when they would have specials mm-hmm. on scotch so that you could sample them without having to pay like $20 a glass because that shit is expensive. Because I don't, I didn't know what I liked, but I wanted to find out in the worst way. And yes, I also am not a big fan of the smokiness, the peatiness. I like them sweet. I like them subtle, like just a hair away from traditional whiskey, mm-hmm. basically. And I, this Glen Moran, it's a, yeah. It's in the ballpark. No, it's right? good. I like it. It's 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 pretty smooth. You know, that's kind of my thing. Is like, is it gonna burn my throat on the way down? You know, is it, sure. I, I like something that's nice and smooth that you know you don't have to like pucker your butthole before you drink it just uh <laughs> just to get it down. You know, it's like you can. Well, you can, but yeah, so, it's no, not required. No, but I like it. It was good. Good choice. I thank you. Thank you for saying that. Now. Now that you've said something nice about me, I want to put you through hell for two minutes. All right. I alluded to this at the top of the episode, and we can, if you want, we can get back to to dynasty stuff. Uh, but after after this brief interlude, okay. if I may. So there is one other pre preloaded video in our repertoire, uh, a trip down memory lane that I want to walk folks back through. One thing that's been missing from our podcast recently, and it's because it's the off season uh, or the non-point scoring season, and it's early on, we haven't been doing many beer bets. You know, we haven't been making those wagers about players and outcomes here lately. I want to change that going forward because I think we're at a point now. The NFL draft has happened. Mm -hmm. Teams are pretty well set. Of course, there's still a lot to be determined, Mm -hmm. but... The basis is there. Yeah, and as so, we're as we're building out our projections and and ranking our players and tearing them out for the upcoming season, yeah, I think we're going to be able to make a lot more beer bets here as as we proceed through the off season. Yes, as we are falling in love with these players, mm-hmm. which is this is the time for it. Yep, February might be Valentine's Day, but truly may june is like fantasy valentine's like this is where we are putting our hearts on our sleeve more often than not that's right however so we don't have anything in the works just yet but we do have an extensive catalog of prior beer bets and i just think it would be fun to relive some of those so if you don't mind clicking that play button no i i will do this i just want to say before we go this is the one video i did not watch uh before we went live here so uh uh with the way you're laughing i feel like it's going to be a lot of me paying off beer bets and not so many for you since i have no. that first year was a terrible track record for me so um I don't think so. all right well that let's, doesn't sound like me no let's see 
Yep. Here it is. In its finest, in its glory. Get yourself psyched, Dustin. Psyched? You're going to be doing this a lot this year when you lose all of our bets. All right, I'm going to let the foam go down That's a little funny. bit here. We'll give it a second. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't want the foam to ruin the, the high quality of the no, steel reserve going down. are you down. kidding me? Oh, congratulations on your victory. Thank you. Hope you relish this. I will. Because it will not be that long. It's going to be fantastic. And, um... <laughs> all right. You can do Here's it. to the first beer bet. Yay. Remember, kids... This is what happens when you believe Patrick Mahomes will go 101 in even the weirdest leagues. Oh, that was solid, though. Well done. Well done. Ooh. Oh, God. Ooh. Congratulations, Jake. Again, it pains me so much to say that, but... Why do you uh, keep making these bets, Dustin? It's fun. <laughs> I appreciate your sacrifice yes, for the good of the podcast. That's right. Tip my cup to you. And we go... Drinking out of your sweet plastic cup with the clown referee on it, which is very apt after last night. Look at that technique. He's done. Total of five seconds done and not looking pleased, it, but accomplished. Better than the steel reserve. Oh, it's crafted. It's organic, we should say. Yeah. So you I'm, got I'm worried about all the bubbles in this, though. Congratulations, sir. Well done. Cheers. Just supreme talent at work here though taking this thing down as always uh he just relaxes the throat and lets it go in that's that's the lesson for you folks how was it it wasn't that bad oh shit well that's danger of his beer bet balance i allowed him you can absolutely shotgun it i allowed him to do a nicer beer he gets to do a coors light he's chosen to shotgun it uh so this will wipe his slate clean Take care of this. Oh. <laughs> Look at that fucking form, though. Look at him just play it like a champion. You are the champion of Wisconsin, Dustin. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> how come there was it was how come it was all me? I don't know what you're talking about. I was all over that video. You heard my voice everywhere. So that's uh, true. Uh, I'll say, listeners, I'm sorry that you couldn't see it, but you uh, should go back and watch the yeah, YouTube. Yeah, watch it on YouTube; okay. it'll be there. Um, yeah, oh, watching that Steel Reserve one again, like I literally had flashbacks to it because that was the worst beer bet payoff by far in a way we've done. Does it bring back the tummy rumbles? Oh, that you experienced it was. Oh, that? I was not right the rest of that episode. Like, I it was just it was just sat in my gut, just heavy. And, no, uh, I do have to, I have to say, yeah, of course I loaded it up with, with yours. I, I was cognizant enough to get yours on camera. I just don't feel like the footage of me really exists out there too much. And that's what I love. About uh, well, I'll, I'll have to look and see if I've got video of some of your, your payoffs. <laughs> I am sure you do. But that, that should be a, it's a look back, but it should also be a look forward to what you can expect from us here during this off season. Cause we didn't do it as much last year because COVID and that kind of threw a wrench into things. Mm -hmm. and neither of us knew what to expect. That's right. So we made some, but I think we'll make more this year. Yeah. And I will say I am, I don't know if it's, I should be proud of this or not, but I am damn proud of how I chug those beers. I just want to say. Your damn chugging capabilities. I think it's an undersold aspect of this whole deal. It is amazing, quite so. frankly. That's why I wanted to highlight, really. That's what I was trying to do there that whole time. That's nice. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>
All right. So let, let's hit one more quick thing here about Dynasty Leagues before okay. we sign off for the night. Because I feel All like right. we're, we're kind of yeah. winding down here. Um, pet peeves. What are some of yeah. your pet peeves as far as Dynasty Leagues, um, GMs, trading, just in general, what are some of your pet peeves that you just fucking hate to see? Vetoes. I fucking hate vetoes. Yes, we we are anti-veto on this podcast, both of us. Very strong on that. I don't ever, ever want to see a veto go through in a league. If there is something that is truly, truly sketchy and you can solve that mystery after the fact, great. Then you go and reverse it. But Mm -hmm. I don't want to see that blockade thrown up. We're we're grown people. Mm -hmm. We can make trades the way that we want to make trades and suffer the ramifications. I mean, let's be honest. If vetoes were okay so many of our drunk trades would have been overturned because <laughs> they're just that bad. I mean, let's be honest. So it would have zapped the segment from the mm-hmm. show. That's, that's why. Yeah. We, yeah. We, never we veto. Hashtag never outside, veto. Hashtag never veto. Uh, but sometimes Danny DeVito because he is fantastic. He is a national Always treasure. Danny DeVito. Yes. Actually, uh, if you can get him in your leagues, I think that's the way to go probably. But outside of vetoing trades, I think one of my pet peeves with the, with Dynasty is, and, I, and I'm guilty of it, I am my own worst pet peeve sometimes. The overvaluing of people that you drafted, not people that you traded for, not your whole team even in general, mm-hmm. although sometimes that can definitely happen. But it's like, I drafted this player, rookie draft, startup, whatever it was. So I'm going to hold tight. And even worse, I drafted this player in round X, so you will not get him from me except except something comparable to the value of round X. Not comparable to the value mm-hmm. of the player right. where they are now. Let's say it's months after the draft. But nope, I'm still valuing him at this round. That's where I took him. That is silliness. That is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Player values, as soon as you make that pick, he is no longer valued at that round. Yep. He's valued on the market. It's open. Stop valuing him based on where you took him. It's it's just, it's craziness, and I see it so often in, mm-hmm. in all leagues. And like I said, I've certainly been guilty of it myself in the Absolutely. past. Absolutely. not to be now. Yeah. Absolutely. I I, I do the same thing. Uh, there There's players where it's like, I just love them so much, and you're not going to get them off of me unless you overpay. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, it, but to be fair, if you truly believe that that player is going to break out or have a terrific season to slightly overvalue them. I don't think is a bad thing, but to just willy nilly be like, no, this guy is going to be a wide receiver one. I don't fucking care. You know, like there, there is a difference there. Um, and, and you have to know the difference, but yeah, I'm just as guilty as, as everyone else about overvaluing players. I do it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. and, And as long as you can acknowledge that, and there are ways to do that. Like, if you just don't want to trade somebody, that's fine. Don't trade them. But if you're putting them out there in trades at this absurd value, mm-hmm. you know, that that's the issue. That's what gives me uh, the most pause. It's like, you, come on. Just keep them. Just keep them to yourself then and hide them away. Stick them over there in the corner. But don't, don't like flaunt how drastically different your value is when you you just know that mm-hmm. that's not how the league values them. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little hello. Always in the chat. Yeah, saying hello. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. 
Absolutely. Check out Rumboy's podcast, by the way, especially mm -hmm. the After Dark on Fridays. Uh, their YouTube is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the the overvaluing players was going to be the one pet peeve I really dislike. Um, but I also it, I, I also dislike when someone wants to trade for a player and they're like, hey, want to make a trade? Send me an offer. Yeah. It's like, dude, if you want to trade, just send me the offer first or be like mm -hmm. or, op or open up the conversation like, hey, let's make a trade. You know, league's quiet or I have the itch to trade. Yeah, and open it up as a conversation. Like, what what are you looking for? What position? What type of player? You know, what what do you think your needs are? You know, and then can we go from there? As opposed to be like, hey, want to make a trade? Well, send me an offer. Send me something. Yeah, it's like, dude, just so lame. that that you're not you're putting in the minimal effort to try to get a trade done. It's like if you want to trade, throw out a trade. At least, at least if you throw out mm -hmm. a trade and it's horseshit, it's like okay, at least you threw out a trade. You tried. You tried. You yeah. know, and then and then hopefully you can have a conversation from there. But just to be like, mm -hmm. oh, offer me something like that's just Such it's so lame. Such a tacky way it to is. go I about just, trading. Uh, can I ask you this, though? Are you OK if somebody reaches out to you first? Let's say that they want to get a trade talk going, but they say, hey, what what would you want for this player? Are you comfortable with that if they ask the question that way? Like they want, let's mm -hmm. say you have cam makers. They're going, mm -hmm. hey, what do you want for cam makers? Yeah, I think that's fine because because they're saying who they're interested in, and that allows you to look at their roster and say, okay, here's the player or picks or combination of both that I would want in return. Absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I think I, that's fair. Yeah, I recently had in um, one of my dynasty leagues, uh, just out of nowhere, uh, someone that has. Uh, I finished third from the bottom. So I have the 103 in this draft. And it was like the guy that has, he has like the 102, I think. Um, and he's like, hey, we both finished at the bottom of the league. You want to mix things up a little bit, make some trades. Um, it just, it just left it at that. And I was like, yeah, oh. sure. Let's, you know, I'm like, and not even like trying to go after a specific player or anything. He's like, hey, do you just want to mix it up? We're both on the bottom. We finished terribly. Like, Shit, yeah, what do we got to lose? Yeah. You know, um, mm -hmm. and you know, nothing came of it. We tried back and forth for for quite a while uh, to make something happen. Event, you know, it came to a point where it was just like, okay, we're not seeing eye to eye on player values and and pick values. But at least he was like, hey, like let's mix things up. You know, what do you what do you think? Are you open to trading? And it's like, well, yeah, let's see if we can get something done. You know, I Got thought the that, juices flowing. Yeah, I thought that was a great way to uh, approach it. It's like, yeah, we both sucked. Let's let's <laughs> let's see if we can do something that like you know that might uh, get our teams you know going a little bit more, or some players that maybe we think were higher on than the other, and you know sure. get something going. Yeah, kind I, of an olive branch. It's yeah. just it's just an extension. It's just saying I want to. I want to talk about this. Mm -hmm. It's it's as awkward. Well, it's not as awkward, but it's in the same vicinity of like you're an adult person and you've not made a friend it, since you were in like, you know, fucking 12th grade. And that mm -hmm. process of making friends can be so awkward as an adult. You go into a league now with people that you don't know, with teams that you are not familiar with, and you have to make that connection with somebody to get them to trade. It's not entirely different, I guess is mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like, yeah, I... I I like that. I know some people don't like when you just say, hey, what do you want for this player? I've, I've seen on Twitter some folks are against that, and they were like, well, just send me an offer if you want them. I mean, yeah, I I'm can on see your that. Side. 
I mean, I can see that to a point, but it's also like, at least they're saying, Hey, I'm interested in this player. And it's, and it's, and they're at least not sending a super garbage trade. At least they're giving you the voice to be like, Hey, what would you want in return for this? How much, basically, how much do you value your player? And, and what do you think, you know, it's, it's better than receiving just a total trash garbage trade and being offensive. Right. You know what I don't fucking want? Sony Michelle. So stop right. offering me Sony <laughs> Michelle. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's like you don't know until you ask. Now, there is the other side of that, which is, of course, people can just lie. <laughs> Those chats right. to be like, well, I value him way the fuck up here. Maybe to just as a starting point to then knowing that they will work down a certain level. There is that level of, I don't know if you want to call it playfulness or salesmanship mm-hmm. or whatever, of knowing like... I still, of course, know more than I'm going to let you know because that is how these trade negotiations work. And I don't think people should be offended by that either. That is just process a little bit. But if they're not willing to come down, you know, if they start super high and they stay there, you know, again, it comes back to the overvalue. And if they stay at that point and they're not willing to negotiate, then it's like, well, then there's nothing to talk about then. If you're not willing to if you're not willing to compromise, then what's the point? Agreed. 100%. I think that is the closest we've ever been in terms of cohesiveness in Mm -hmm. trade talks, probably because we're not directly trading with each other right now. This is true. (laughs) Very true. Very true. I love it. So I think that's going to about do it. Unless you've got more you want to talk about. I can sit and talk all night here. I mean, I I would literally drive this thing into the ground uh, until StreamYard kicked us off. But I think I think we have uh, provided what I wanted to provide during this episode. Uh, I just want to take the opportunity to thank Dustin for being the conductor of this fucking crazy train on some occasions. This is the guy who has to keep everything together. Jay uh, Mike said it, and he was not lying. <laughs> Dustin is the one who has to keep everything on the rails. He has to actually work behind the scenes to like keep this shit going. So... I just show up and talk a bunch, probably more than I should, and he has to figure out a way to navigate it all. So cheers well, to you, sir, on 100. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, I, I don't really feel like I'm keeping the trains on the tracks too much, uh, but hopefully it's enough that we get to the uh, where we need to go every week, and that's about all I, I ask for. You want that occasional rickettedness. That's what makes it exciting. Exactly. It's like, oh, is it gonna is it gonna go off or is it not gonna go off? You just make sure that it doesn't officially tilt. That's right. I feel like more often than not we make that happen. But um, no, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And yeah, it's been a fun first hundred episodes here. Uh, I don't see us quitting anytime soon because I'm having a blast doing it, and that's what this is all about. And hopefully, all of our uh, listeners out there uh, are feel the same way that. Uh, we're providing good good content and good value and at least good entertainment at a minimum. Right. Good entertainment because um, that's all we ask for. We're here to have fun. That's kind of been our philosophy from the beginning. We want to have fun, not take ourselves too seriously. Uh, and that's what fantasy football should be about in general. Just have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. It's just all about just having a good time. So I think that's a great spot to leave it right there. Absolutely. All right, so Jake, I think we should do this since we haven't done it for a while. We need to tell people where they can find us and they how they should subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are out there on pretty much everywhere, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher. Stitcher. Are we on Stitcher? We're live on YouTube. 
live on Twitter every week. Um, if you're an audio listener listening to this, you can find us pretty much anywhere. We're you want us, we're there. Uh, so go check us out. Please subscribe. We do appreciate that. Uh, feel free to drop us a rate and review. Uh, it helps make us more widely known and visible out there uh, for everyone else. Or just do it word of mouth. Tell your friends like, hey, check out this podcast. They're really funny. They're awesome. They give good content. Uh, whatever you want to say to get them listening. I don't really care as long as they subscribe and listen. Uh, I, I, I am not below... Um, um, coercing people to listen to us. So whatever you need to do, just do it. From being so sweet about the whole thing of like, we're just here to give you guys good content. Let's just hang out to being like, immediately you turn into the mobster of like, hey, you do it or I break your fucking No, I never said that. You're putting words in my mouth now. I never said that. I'm sorry. That's how I heard it on my end. No, I'm just saying I'm not, I'm not above, um, you know, coercing your friends into, to listening to us <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so yes go out there give us a rate and review please we really do appreciate it uh you will see shortly uh we will be opening up our listener league to the masses um we haven't quite finalized how we are going to pick people or what we want for submissions for entry into the league uh, so keep your earballs open for that because we will be uh, promoting that very very soon here uh, we're very excited to have our inaugural listener league going here uh, and of course we will talk about it all season long uh, and God. give and give everybody the updates uh, so we're looking forward to that um, we have our patreon out there with the group me chat where you have access to Jake and I at all times, ask us anything. Not all times. Well, I do have to sleep. True, but the majority of the time. So uh, feel free to sign up for our Patreon. We would appreciate it. And that's about it, I think, as far as uh, trying to uh, sell ourselves out there. So uh, why don't you tell people out there, Jake, where they can find you? <laughs> I'm not going to sell you on this. You can just find me on Twitter or don't find me on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. <laughs> but the choice is ultimately yours. That's right. And you can find our podcast at Drinking Fantasy and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.